Welcome to the 904 Together podcast. I'm Tom Patton. No one would dispute that it's a challenging time to be in business. And on this podcast, we are talking with a variety of business owners across the 904 area code about how they're facing the challenges of COVID-19 and how they plan to move forward. And my guest today is involved in the senior care industry. Betsy Miller is one of the owners of Home Instead Senior Care, which, as the name would suggest, provides in-home care for seniors. And Betsy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Describe your business for me, Betsy. What is uh, Home Instead Senior Care? Home Instead Senior Care is a locally owned franchise. We were the first um, company, or Home Instead was, to um, have in-home care for seniors on like a larger level. So we provide personal care, transportation, cooking, cleaning, um, things of that nature to help um, people that might need a little extra help in their home. So your franchise, has the franchisee offered you any suggestions about how you can deal with your clients during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Yes, our um, franchisee has been wonderful. Um, They have created um, a a huge online space for us to get resources and information. Um, They also have um, personal protective equipment that they have purchased on a large grand scale that we can order and have those at any time. So we've been able to order masks and gloves and even high-end, if we needed it, the face masks and the full-on protective equipment if we did have to care for a a COVID-positive patient. And that is one of the other questions that I had for you. Are your service providers using that PPE, even on a regular basis, uh, just to make sure that they're not getting in and, and, and possibly infecting your clients? Yes. So um, we have provided extra training to all of our caregivers. Um, They are already trained in infection control procedures, but with this um, pandemic going on, we've increased our reminders and just more education and we've had drop-off locations. um, So they don't have to always drive to our location to get the PPE. So um, some of our administrative staff have gone to different locations throughout um, the territory or areas we've served so they can pick up more masks, more gloves, um, and different things like that. Have you been noticing a shortage of those things, or has the franchisee been able to provide those for you uh, in in the amount that you need? Um, They have. We've also ordered some on our own as well. Um, I think the main difference is it's not an expense that we've incurred before. So all of a sudden... (laughs) We have this huge expense to our bottom line. So it's it's been an adjustment to, for a business owner in that respect. But obviously, our main concern is we want to protect our employees so they feel comfortable going to their job and doing what they do. And we also want to protect our clients. So obviously, that's what we do. <laughs> How has your employees' interaction with the clients changed? How have you had to pivot during this COVID-19 time uh, to make sure that everyone's safe and and stays healthy? Um, I would say we really haven't pivoted too much um, because we always have protected against the flu and um, different types of infectious diseases. So that's part of our training. It's part of what we do. Um, So they're always washing their hands. They're always making sure that they're wearing gloves when they're dealing with that type of thing. I would say the one thing that we have done is where we might have had 
um, one caregiver go to three clients, we might have one caregiver stay with just one client. So they're not going to different different clients in the same week or something like that. So we are taking some extra measures in that respect. As I mentioned a few moments ago, your clients are among the most vulnerable to COVID-19. What are you hearing from them? What are the primary concerns of the people that you're caring for? Um, they really haven't, we haven't had a lot of change in our industry because when we provide the services that we provide, many of the elderly, they need they need someone to provide personal care. They need someone to make sure that they're taking their medications or if they have dementia. So we're continuing business as normal, as usual, which I think in many healthcare settings, <laughs> that's what we have to do. Um, so I think it's just, we've had a few that have canceled services because maybe they just needed our tra transportation and they've had their family members provide that to them or maybe they ordered um, groceries to be delivered or something like that um, because they're not getting out as much. So I think that, that that is a little concern is that we just want to keep them active too, um, make sure they're still exercising and doing those things the same. So um, other than that, it's business as usual. I know you're in the home services industry and you look to keep people in their homes, but how is that, how, how is that affecting people as opposed to people who are in a, a continuing care facility as my mom is up in Indiana? Um, where you know that there are going to be people around you, that the care there is constant. How is how is your industry different? Well, it's interesting you ask that because I have a personal situation that I've just dealt with. Um, I actually had to go down to Southwest Florida. My grandmother was in an assisted living. Um, she wasn't getting up and moving because nobody could come see her. My mom and dad used to come in and, you know play bingo with her and have this social interaction meals. And she was doing all that on her own and she wasn't moving. So she ended up getting sciatica, had to be hospitalized again. We couldn't see her. So I think that's the biggest thing. She was moved um, to a nursing home after that. And again, we can't see her. So that's very scary um, for not only the patient, but the family to not be able to see your loved one. Um, so a lot of people in our industry are choosing if they can to use our services because you can, I mean, you're keeping them in their home. You're not having to deal with that loss of um, companionship and things like that. So I think that's a, that's a plus. Um, and unfortunately, in what we're dealing with, with my, my grandmother, it, it's really hard to not be able to see that person and, have that one-on-one -on -one interaction. But isn't part of the CDC guideline that, uh, you know, you hear a lot about, you know, the grandchildren can't go see the grandparents. Are, are you finding that, uh, that you're able to have some kind of interaction that way with your clients and their families? I mean, I think when you're dealing with people that need assistance and they can't live on their own, there's no choice. So there has to be some interaction. Um, if somebody needs a bath or they need um, incontinence care, I mean, they cannot be left alone. So there's no choice in that. Now, if someone is um, independent and things like that, and we can just, you know, make sure they have groceries and those type of thing, you can limit the um, contact in that respect. But in many cases, we have to wear our PPE and, you know, do what we need to do to keep them um, alive and well. Look ahead a little bit. 
if you can, because you're involved in the industry. And tell me what you think might be some of the major changes in the home senior care industry as we move out of this COVID-19 situation. I personally, um, from what I've heard, because we have 20 Florida owners throughout the state, um, or over 20, and a lot of people have, have seen an increase in business. So I think because of all the restrictions and because of just the, the complexity of nursing home situations, assisted livings and things like that, people are choosing to stay home um, and loved ones are trying to figure out, like, how can we make this work? Um, because it seems like it's an easier solution. <laughs> nothing's a, uh, nothing's a, a piece of cake in this situation, but um, it seems to be a little... I guess, uh, I, easy, I, I, I mean, not easier, but um, not as complex of an issue because once someone gets released from a hospital, then they have to go into quarantine for 14 days in an assisted living. So it is, it's, there's more to it than just having someone come home and then having a caregiver or a family caregiver help that person. So bring it down to, to your business level. What, what does your business look like going forward, both in the short and the long term? I would say in the short term, we have um, many clients who maybe stopped our services for a couple weeks to kind of abide by the social distancing, and now they're coming back. So starting May 1st, we do have some people coming back and using our services again. Um, Again, we're going to continue on with all of our infection control procedures, making sure that um, they're safe. Our caregivers are taking their temperatures before they go to shifts. So that's a little bit extra precaution we're doing in that nature. I guess we are also going to look into the testing. So since we are a licensed agency, all of our caregivers are our employees. Maybe as different requirements come about, we will be able to test our employees prior to them going to shifts to make sure that they are free of the virus. I'm not sure. We haven't gotten that far yet with any um, information from um, the state. And then long-term... Uh, I think this obviously is not going away. I mean, coronavirus and other viruses in the future may be um, a threat. So maybe people will consider home care to be, I mean, that that is really my biggest situation in this, not because I own a home care company, but because of my grandmother's situation. You really have to think long and hard that if something like this happens, are you okay with not seeing your loved one for a while um, and not having that personal connection to them. What else would you like to let people know about Betsy? What's, what's going on kind of in your world? Have you, have you had to, for instance, apply for one of the SBA loans, one of the, the financial assistance things to keep your employees working or has your business remained stable enough that you've been able to avoid all that paperwork? I think, well, we, we have applied for some of the loans. Um, We haven't seen the PPE yet, Um, So all of our franchisees, we've talked about what we can do for our caregivers to make sure that, you know, they're, they're happy, they're getting work. Um, Many of them are single moms or, you know, this is an entry level position. So giving them any, you know, type of benefit that we can, we strive to do that. Uh, What else can I say in terms of that? We've been able to keep people working. I think that's the main thing I've asked them is 
or anything that you need. And they said, I just want to make sure that I have work. So we've done a good job um, of that. And I would say in this situation we're in right now, we've kept some of our caregivers even in overtime because we don't want them, uh, um, one client to have too many caregivers to keep them safe. So that's been a benefit. The caregivers are happy they're working and um, the clients are happy that <laughs> they don't have to have more than so many. Obviously they like the fewer amount of care they can have in their home, the better. So that's something that we're, we're doing as well. Are you in contact with the other uh, franchisees around the country? Do you get together and chat either on zoom or some other way uh, on a halfway regular basis? Uh, yes, we have communications with both our Florida owners, and then we are also part um, of a group of, I think we have maybe six or seven owners that are similar in size, and um, we call it a Performax group. So we also have Zoom meetings, and we'll talk about what's happening. Um, we have a Philadelphia owner, a Connecticut owner, another Florida owner, um, where else? Michigan those areas. So it's nice to kind of see what's happening in other places as well and what they're doing. Um, we've adapted our interview processes to make um, it easier for people to apply for a job as a caregiver so they don't have to, you know, have that face-to-face contact. So we're making changes in that respect into the administrative side of our business as well. What are you hearing from some of those uh, people that are in, um, for instance, Michigan has been a particular hotspot. Have they had any changes that are different than what you've had to do here in Northeast Florida? Um, yes. Um, for example, well, I don't know about our Michigan owner because she's in more of a rural area, but our Philadelphia owner is right downtown. So because they've stopped this um, public transportation, he's had a difficult time getting his caregivers to shifts because they don't have vehicles or cars. So that's been one of his issues. Um, and they have to provide this care. I mean, people need to get to their jobs and get to where they need to go. So he's having much different struggles <laughs> than we are. And most of it is based on, you know, the, the closure of some of public transportation and things of that nature that are compromising how we do business. Well, Betsy, good luck um, dealing mm-hmm. with all of this. I really appreciate your time mm-hmm. today. It's It's been a very enlightening conversation. You're the first person mm-hmm. I've talked to who's been involved in any kind of the healthcare industry. So thanks very much for uh, for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. If you'd like to be a part of this podcast, drop me an email. I'm tcpatton813 at gmail.com. This podcast is supported in part by listeners like you. Visit the homepage on anchor.fm to learn how you can support the program. We'll be posting new podcasts each Monday and Thursday, so I hope you'll join us again next time. You can also get previous podcasts at the anchor.fm homepage. For now, and especially now, remember to find opportunity in every challenge. I'm Tom Patton.